What's up? What's up? Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 121. We're in our story of scripture series. And today we're going to talk about how God calls a family. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Aaron and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. All right, so last week we talked a lot about the fall and sin and um, a lot of hard things, and today we get to go into some of my very favorite stories in the Bible. So I'm really excited about this. So I am going to read um, how our little chapter um, that we did as we introduced this series about the patriarchs. um, And it starts with God calls a family. A shift happens and we zoom in on one man and his family, Abram. When When God calls Abram to leave his home and go to a land that he would show him, he does. God makes a covenant with Abram and he is obedient and obedient a lot, but there are also times when he chooses his own ways instead of God's. We see this when Abraham has a son named Ishmael with his wife's servant, Hagar. Later, God graciously gives him and his wife, Sarah, a son named Isaac. God tests Abraham by asking him to sacrifice Isaac. He is obedient and God ultimately provides a ram for the sacrifice in Isaac's place. Isaac marries Rebecca and they have twins named Jacob and Esau. Jacob means deceiver and he lives up to his name. One night, Jacob wrestles with God and his name is changed to Israel. Jacob, or Israel, has 12 sons, which are the 12 tribes of Israel, his favorite of which is Joseph. After Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery, he has a lot of ups and downs in his life, but God gives him the gift of interpreting dreams and Pharaoh makes him second in command over Egypt. Joseph's brothers come to ask him for food because of famine in the land. They don't know that it's Joseph, and Joseph forgives them and takes care of them. The Israelites live in Egypt and become slaves to the Egyptians. So where are we in the Bible case? So this is Genesis tap- chapter 12 to the end of Genesis. Genesis is a long book. It is, but it's, it's a, a good long book. book. It is a good book. It is We're good fans. Book. We're fans, obviously. We did a whole yes. series on it. yes. Okay, so let's start with, we picked, we left off Tower of Babel. Right. And then there's this kind of, I mean, a lot of um, commentaries and, and different things on the study of Genesis will kind of divide the book right here. Right. Uh-huh. There's one through 11, mm-hmm. um, and then there's 12, 12 to the 50. end. Mm-hmm. Um, and why do, you, why do you think that is? Like, why do they divide it like that? I think because we kind of zoom in now Mm -hmm. on this one family and this one family becomes God's nation. Mm -hmm. And this one family is also, um, will also lead us to Jesus eventually. Yeah. That's good. That's why we call this section. God calls family. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's good. So sometimes it gets confusing because first his name is Abram Mm -hmm. and then his name is Abraham. And I mix the names up all the time. Well, that's not as confusing as like Jacob and Israel. Okay. True. Right? Isn't that right? Well, yeah. But I feel like I have, I just always call Jacob Jacob because I feel like scripture usually refers to him yeah, as Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. But I often will say like Abraham when really in the Bible it says Abram oh, at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's confusing. Let's just not make a big deal about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it we might say Abram and we might say Abraham, but you know who we're talking <laughs> you know about. Who so we're it's fine. About. Where are we right now? We're, we're in Ur, which, Ur. Ur, which <laughs> is, 
um, on the east side, now we're getting more specific. I told you last week mm-hmm. that like I was just saying, oh, somewhere in the Middle East, somewhere in Iraq. But now we're getting more specific, which I like. So mm-hmm. um, Ur is on the east side of modern day Iraq. And that's where Abram, Abraham and his family lives. And God tells him to leave mm-hmm. and to go to a land that he will show him. And the land that he will show him ends up being Canaan, which is modern day Israel. But to get there, if you look on a map, you could just go directly West, but he doesn't, that's not how God leads him there. He actually goes all the way around the Northern border of Iraq and um, down to Israel. So it's quite a journey. If you mm. look on a map, like it's a long ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I didn't know that. So <laughs> there's, um, I was at the church that we do CC at earlier this weekend. There's a really good Bible story map that they have on the wall mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And it's like these animated, like cartoon characters, mm-hmm. but it's like where they lived and stuff on the map. That's cool. And it's actually p- pretty accurate because I've been studying all this yeah. and I was looking at the map. I was like, okay, yes, I was right. Okay. That's where, <laughs> that's where it said on Google. Like, that's you know, that's so funny. yeah, it's pretty cool. So it, it, it seems kind of random, right? Like he, Abram, where's yeah. he come from? Is yeah. it, and, and honestly, it, scripture doesn't give us a no. whole ton of information. It's, it's he, he seems like a random dude living in a pagan land, right? And he was a pagan himself. Like he mm-hmm. didn't believe in God until God showed up to him. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's just a beautiful picture of God mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Like just showing up in our everyday mm-hmm. life, yeah. calling us out, mm-hmm. asking us to be obedient. And he just faithful. chose... Abram because he wanted to choose him. Yeah. Oh man, we go on the tangent on that. Let's, <laughs> let's rein that in. Let's rein that in. So there's so many things we could talk about with Abraham, but for today, since we're talking about people, places, and promises, we, we said the Pearson, Pearson, the, <laughs> the person had a little accent there. The person is um, Abram slash Abraham, the place Casey just told us. And then um, the promises. And we see, um, like we mentioned last week, we kind of introduced a covenant or talk more about covenants today. So God makes a covenant with Abraham and we listened to a good um, ser- uh, sermon, no, good podcast on this, um, on knowing faith. And I like the way JT English defined a covenant. He said, it's a promise in which God obligates himself to his people, entering into creation through an oath to his people. And I thought that was a really clear way for us to kind of remember it. Last week we referred to it's similar to, you know, a marriage covenant, mm-hmm. but I think this helps us to understand like God is obligating himself mm-hmm to his people. Mm -hmm. Um, and he doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't have to do that. It's of his own choosing. Um, it's of his own desire to enter into creation and make an oath to his people, Mm -hmm. especially with the Abrahamic covenant. Um, this one's a little unique because so during this time, covenants were pretty normal. And so, um, so it wouldn't have been rare to see two people coming and making a covenant. And there's, there's most often a sacrifice Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. that's made. And that symbolizes, um, as they cut the animal in half, Mm -hmm. that symbolizes the fact that if I break this promise, this is what you can do to me is you can shed my blood. Um, and so that what happens in the Abrahamic covenant is that God actually represents Abraham for him. Mm-hmm. So he's yep. saying, I'm making a covenant with you, but what, if you don't keep this covenant, then ultimately I'm going to be mm-hmm. the one who has to deal with it instead of Abraham, be, which is mm-hmm. crazy. So it's like, it's 
kind of more one-sided. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if you're going to read this, just full honesty, it's a little strange it to is. us. It is. Because it's yeah. like a smoking pot. Yeah. And we're like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... So I just want to be fully honest about that. If you read this, you're like, what in the world are they talking about? But that is to, um, to symbolize God making a covenant with Abraham, but saying he's going to be the one that would take. I love how Jen, Jen pointed this out on that knowing faith episode. She said that the smoking pot and flaming torch, it's confusing to us. Mm -hmm. And it's always been confusing to me until I heard this on knowing faith. It was always confusing to me. (laughs) She said, but when Moses was telling this to the people wandering in the wilderness, it would have rung a bell with them because mm. that was how God was with them in the mm. wilderness through mm. the pillar of the cloud mm-hmm. and through the smoke at, I mean, through the fire at night. Mm-hmm. So smoke yeah. or a cloud and fire yeah. was his presence with them in the mm. wilderness. So to them, it'd be like, oh, that means God's there. Yeah. That's a really good point because we haven't gotten to that point in the story. Exactly. So, but that's good to remember that Mm -hmm. the original audience, it would have been very familiar Mm -hmm. to them. Yeah. What was it that JT said about the blood? Okay. I (laughs) thought this was, I had never heard this either. And I thought this was a great draw to the, to Jesus was that he said that God, you know, making the covenant and going through the sacrifice in the blood he said that god is sloshing himself in blood on our behalf which points to jesus mm-hmm. yeah because that's what jesus does yeah yep it's yep. good jt english man bringing it <laughs> always um, always true true <laughs> true always so god when he called abraham back um and and called him to go to to another land god made this promise to him which then he will solidify in his covenant, but I'm going to read the the promise back in Genesis 12. He says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And here's the promise. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and those who dishonor you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so First of all, this should catch our attention after what we just talked about last week about Tower of Babel, right? They're trying to make a name for right, themselves. Exactly. And God's saying, I will make a name for you so that you will be a blessing. Yeah. Not for your own glory, but exactly. for you to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. And I will do it. Mm-hmm. You won't you do won't it. You won't do it. So I'll there's it. such a great reversal here. But I, I think the promise that that is is so beautiful in this, in this chapter where in chapter 12, where he's calling Abraham to do this thing. He's, he's saying, I'm going to build your family. And he does, and he Mm -hmm. builds that out. And we'll see as we go into more of the patriarchs, uh, some more of that family being built, but ultimately that's fulfilled in Jesus. Right. Right. Right? It's building towards Jesus. And Jesus is the one who through the families of the earth will be blessed Mm -hmm. that we are blessed in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But this, this promise that he's making um, to Abraham is so crucial to the story of the Bible that like we talked about last time, if we pick up with just the gospels, we're missing what Jesus is fulfilling. He's and fulfilling we're not these totally promises. Understand it because how many times do they refer right to Abraham? back to Abraham? And yeah. they'd be like, "What? Who's that dude? Like, yeah. what does that matter?" Yep. So yeah, yeah, it's important. Totally. And we see that um, we see him in the covenant. We see um, God make solidifying this mm-hmm. promise, yeah. reiterating reiterating uh-huh. this this promise. Yep, yep. So then, um, like we mentioned in the first paragraph. 
Abraham is kind of like, well, how, how is this going to happen? Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have any babies and Sarah hasn't had any babies for me. So how am I going to be this great nation and mm-hmm. have, you know, all I these mean, fair, he was like 75 the first time yeah. that God said that. And I mean, God says at one point in scripture, like God, God tells him these promises over mm-hmm. and over. And so like at one point he says, your offspring will be as numerous as the stars. Mm-hmm. And Abraham's like, how's that going to happen if I don't have one? Right. So he takes matters into his own hands and has a baby with his wife's servant, um, Hagar, and that's Ishmael. And God's like, no, this is not the one that I have promised you. So eventually, um, God does. And eventually, I mean like years and years, like a long time. Yeah. God does bless him and Sarah with the one he has promised. Um, Mm -hmm. and his name is Isaac. And so we see now, um, this fulfillment of a mm-hmm, promise, mm-hmm. you know, Isaac is the fulfillment. And, um, so then God in this, um, story that you're probably familiar with, but God tells Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, to take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him. Mm-hmm. And Isaac was probably like a teenager. So he would have known what was going on. I think a lot of times when we look at the story, I've even heard like he could have been like 40 40? Yeah. Wow. So he I mean, I think, wasn't. I think different people think different things, but I, I heard like, could That's, definitely be an adult. Yeah. So he was not a little bitty kid. Mm-hmm. And he was like, dad, you know, where's the sacrifice? Like, what are we doing? Why are we going up here to make this sacrifice? I don't have a sacrifice. And he tells him God, uh, God will provide. And so they get up there and right as Abraham's about to do it, he's about to sacrifice his son on the altar. God provides a ram. And this is once again, pointing us to Jesus, mm-hmm. to his son mm-hmm. and that God is going to provide the ultimate sacrifice for us. It's not up to us. It's it's up to him. Mm-hmm. And so it's this kind of, this story has always caused my heart to like beat really fast. Yeah. I'm like, oh, is he going to actually do it this mm-hmm. time? You know, when you watch the same show, like over and over the same <laughs> movie and you're like, oh no, is, you know, is so-and-so going to die this time? Oh, God, the good, they didn't. It's kind of like that. I'm like, don't do it this time. Um, <laughs> and God, every single time, yeah. God provides that ram. <laughs> Aaron's like, you got a big imagination, (laughs) (laughs) but he does every single time. And it's just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then, um, what does Isaac do after that? When he grows up, um, he marries Rebecca and they have twins, which I love. I know, (laughs) um, Jacob and Esau. And so we're continuing this family, right? We, we call this, a lot of people refer to this as the patriarchs. Um, we call it, God calls a family. And so Mm -hmm. we're continuing down that family line. Um, and, the, there's the two twins, Jacob and, and Esau and Jacob, like we mentioned in the paragraph, his name means deceiver and he fully lives up to that name, to that mm-hmm. identity that, um, that he's been named with, mm-hmm. um, which that's kind of weird if you think about that. Yeah. Why would you name your kid deceiver? Yeah. Weird. yeah. Well, he'll grab her. Remember? Cause uh-huh. he grabbed the heel. So, yeah. okay. That yeah. makes sense. Um, so he gets, he ultimately gets Esau to give him his, his birthright. And then he tricks his dad into giving him the firstborn blessing. And, um, like we said, we're going fast through this. So spend some time. I know it feels weird cause we're flying through. So I know fast. this is so not like us. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you listened to our James study in the fall, we were like one verse yeah. at a time, like yeah. really soaking it in. So this is totally different, but still so good. Um, but it's just hard to not mm. be able to go into all the things. So really do, um, either go back and listen to our Genesis episode on this or spend, just spend some time really in the scriptures. Cause Jacob, these next two people we're talking about, Jacob and Joseph mm. are arguably two of my favorite people and to study in the Bible and stories like God is so good and reveals his character mm. in such beautiful ways that 
are hard to describe as we're going through this quickly, but when you really spend time, really spend time reading, maybe just read the um, passage about Jacob, just every day, read the same thing, five days in a row, just read it. And God will reveal something new to you each time. I fully believe it because there's so much to these stories, but, um, he, so we see this, him living up to this name, this, this deceiver and, um, but God meets him right? God meets him where he's at. And he goes, um, do you want to talk about that part? Yeah, sure. So, um, he goes to find a wife and on his way, which again, I looked on the map and it's, it's kind of, it's a bit of a journey, Mm -hmm. but on his way to find his wife, he falls asleep and he has a dream. Um, and God gives him this promise. And I think it's going to sound familiar to you. And this is in Genesis 28, 13 through 15. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Mm. So does that sound familiar Mm. to exactly what God had just promised Abraham, right? Mm. Like I, I mentioned that, um, God had said your offspring will be as numerous Mm -hmm. as the stars. And here he's saying, it'll be like the dust and through your family, Mm -hmm. there will be this blessing. But then Mm -hmm. at the the end, you know, God just reiterates, I, I will not leave you. I will be with you. Um, until I've done what I've promised. Mm. Um, and this is one of my favorite promises. If you can have a promise, a favorite promise, mm-hmm. but this promise of I am with you and I will keep you. Mm. And just remembering the fact that like God is not only who saves us, but he's the one who keeps us every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just one of my favorite truths to rest in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I've said it on here before, but that's like my girl's favorite truth about God. They, mm-hmm. they, they always, when they pray, thank you that you're with me, yeah. God, thank you that yeah. you're with me. And, and if we stop just for a second and think about that, like the creator of the entire universe longs to be with, with us, us in yep. a close and comforting mm-hmm. way. Like that's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful yeah. that I think we yeah. just were used to it because it's all throughout the Bible, which we'll continue yeah. to talk uh-huh. about that. God continues to promise that he will be with you. He will be with you. He will be with you. Um, we see it even in Matthew, like Jesus says, I will be with you. Um, and it's such a beautiful truth that sometimes we just kind of take it for what it is, but to really stop and think about that is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, um, some time passes and eventually Jacob wrestles with God in this kind of interesting, um, event that happens, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, um, and through this, his name is changed to Israel. Mm-hmm. And eventually he has 12 sons and they're the 12 tribes of Israel that you will hear talked about all throughout the story of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, his son, Joseph, Aaron's favorite story <laughs> <laughs> is one of them and his, um, his favorite, like we mentioned before. Um, but I always think this is interesting because Joseph is so focused on in such mm-hmm. a big chunk of Genesis, like a big portion, bigger of than Abraham or Isaac or Jacob. Yeah, right. I think, I think so. It's all, you know, so much of it focuses on Joseph. I, it's easy to think that he's so significant because he's in Jesus's, um, lineage, but he's actually, he's not the direct line to Jesus. It's his brother Judah. Mm-hmm. That's the direct line. And mm-hmm. you'll hear one of the, um, 
nations, you know, is Judah and that's where Jerusalem is. And, and, um, Judah becomes very, very significant, the tribe of Judah. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just think that that's interesting, um, that Joseph is Joseph's story is very crucial. And, um, we're going to talk about why Joseph's story is crucial, but he actually is not in the line of Jesus. Yeah. So that is interesting. I I was like, interesting. I, the first time I heard that, I was like, Oh, are you I'm sure? I'm a little bit sad about that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he deserves it I mean, more he's than an Judah. Offshoot. Yes. I mean, still in the same family. Sure, sure, sure. But sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Joseph, then um, he's he's like we said, the favorite, and the other brothers do not like that, um, and so they end up selling Joseph into slavery. Um, <laughs> what and if you had sold your sisters into slavery? <laughs> Oh man. I mean, because I, mean, I was the favorite. Like, so I like think, that. Think about this practically. Like, think about what they did. Okay. Like, good point. Good point. Like, this is, this is true, right? Like, yes. we see the play Technicolor Dreamcoat or whatever, yes. and like, we can kind of just like envision it as like a movie, but right. to remind ourselves, like, this, this is, is a real true. story. This yeah. happened. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and Joseph, he, he, like we said, he has lots of ups and downs and it's a big portion of scripture. And so we're not gonna be able to get into all of it. I think we probably did like three episodes on Joseph when we did Genesis. Did we? At least two. Two or three. I was looking back at him. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes from slavery up and then he goes back down into jail and then he comes mm-hmm. back up again. So he has some really high highs and some really low lows, which yep. I think makes him very relatable and his story very relatable to to no matter where you are, really. But um, Joseph, like we said in the in the um, intro paragraph, right, he he gets to this place of leadership and he ends up being the one who his brothers come to to ask for food. And he provides them food without him. They don't know it's him yeah. and he's able to, to bless them. He was, he could have very rightly punished them, put them in jail, done, you know, treated them with, I don't know, justice, yeah, how we would have thought, yeah. but, yeah. um, he, he chooses to show them kindness mm-hmm. just like Jesus shows us kindness yep. when we, when we deserve, when we deserve much more. Um, what's one of the promises we see in Joseph? So, um, the reason that Joseph's story is so significant is because it's God keeping his promise to preserve his people. Mm. So we'll see that through Joseph is how, um, the Israelites were, were preserved, um, for a number of years until we pick up in the book of Exodus. Yeah. Right. Because it, they, they have to, the people of Israel have to move up into Egypt to mm-hmm. avoid the famine. And mm-hmm. then they grow so numerous in number that the Egyptians are afraid of them basically and turn them into slaves. Right. And then, um, like, like we didn't even read that, but back in, with Abraham, isn't it Abraham where God says that you're going to be 400 years yeah, slaves yeah. in mm-hmm. Egypt. That's in the covenant. Yeah. It's in the covenant with Abraham. Yeah. And so now through the story of Joseph, Joseph, this is how it happens. They become slaves in Egypt mm-hmm. for 400 years mm-hmm. and we'll pick up next week, um, with the Exodus and pick up from that. But that, like Casey mentioned, um, at, in the end of last episode. Yeah. About, <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. At the end of last episode, she talked about how, um, we see this, this beautiful truth that even when bad things happen or sin or, um, the effects of sin or effects of the fall happen. God is constantly meaning those things for good. And there's often, it's often said, um, what someone 
meant for evil, God used for good, or God turned for good, or God. But what scripture actually says is um, in Genesis 50, verse 20, at the end of the story of, of Joseph, he says, this is Joseph speaking. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good Mm -hmm. to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And so he says, you meant evil, God meant good. And so it's not like God's like, oh no, they did this bad thing. I better see how I can work that for good. Yeah. Yeah. It's somehow very supernaturally, God is meaning good while simultaneously sin is happening. And it's very hard. I don't think we can grasp it like what that actually means right um because we know that god is not intentionally doing evil Mm -hmm. so we we, it's this tension that we're you know like we always say like when humanity when we're trying to understand divinity there is some mystery Mystery. there um and so but it's it's so comforting to be able to rest in that truth that while other people are meaning evil against us or when sickness comes against us or when that job loss or that car wreck or the loss of a loved one or whatever that is while others meant that for evil or while while the effects of sin um, are evil god is still mm-hmm. meaning that for your good mm-hmm. and i love paul reiterates this in romans 8 for those who love god uh, for those yeah for those who love god all things work together for good mm-hmm. and i like how sometimes like if a truth seems too good to be true mm-hmm. somewhere in the bible you'll see it reiterated yeah. usually more than once yeah. you know it's mm-hmm. like really does he really mean that? Mm. Like you shouldn't be questioning God, but if you do, like usually it's reiterated and Mm. not just reiterated in the old Testament, it's Mm -hmm. reiterated in the new Testament. I love that. I love Mm. when you can make these connections and say like, yeah, he really means it. Like, look, it's said again and again and again. Mm-hmm. I mean, because think about, we're pretty stubborn yeah. and sometimes we don't get it the first time. Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> speak for yourself. Just kidding. But I think the ultimate picture of this is the cross. Absolutely. If you think about that, like yeah. they meant for evil. They oh, think they're yeah. killing him and they think, look, he's not really the Messiah mm-hmm. and they're intending evil for him. But God is, that's his means of saving us. And so if that's true for his own son, that those people are meaning evil against him and he's meaning it for good. And that, that's true for every detail of our life. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's kind of the biggest application mm-hmm. point from this too. I mean, I think the two application points are to be reminded that God is always with mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. whether you're feeling lonely, especially mm-hmm. after this year, whether you're feeling isolated, whether you're feeling lost, whether you're feeling um, joyful, whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley, like God promises to be with you every step, mm-hmm. uh, um, every hardship, but also every blessing. God, God is there with you. Yeah. And then the other, I think, big takeaway is, is to remember that no matter what you're facing, no matter how hard it is, like God is using that mm-hmm. for your good. Yep. Yep. It's good. So next week we will jump into, um, when God calls a nation and that's going to be, we're going to be talking about the Exodus and the law and kind of, uh, and Joshua as well. So join us next week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox.